right, hello, hello, Sarah here. Welcome back to another episode of Your Fucking Welcome. This weekend, I watched J-Lo's documentary, Halftime, um, and I'm not like a really big J-Lo fan, but I kept seeing so many, not, not that I'm like not a big fan, like I don't dislike her, I don't love her, like I, I don't know, I just never had like strong feelings about her, but I kept seeing so many people on Facebook specifically, you know, people that I'm connected with, women entrepreneurs, strong women, uh, I kept seeing so many people like raving about this documentary and how many great takeaways there were, and so I felt it was my duty <laughs> to watch it for all of you and to make sure that I was kind of getting into all of the great nuggets that were seemingly there. And so I wrote down some of my biggest takeaways and the things that I feel are really important and, and just lessons that are powerful for all of you to take home with you and to keep in mind. Because if somebody as big and as powerful and as successful as JLo is going through some of the things that we're going through on a daily basis, I think that that is really freaking helpful for us to remember. And, you know, the other thing that I want to say is that when it comes to the word hustle, you know, I feel like it is such a big thing online specifically for so many people to have these conversations around, I'm not going to hustle. Hustling is wrong. Or people who are like pro hustle, like hustle, it feels like such an innocent word, but it's become such a trigger word and such a, I don't know, just like an emotional and, and, and emotionally packed word online, especially it feels. And for me personally, I've definitely had my ups and downs with the word and just ups and downs with the integration of hustle in my life. And I've definitely had less healthy moments when it comes to hustling my ass off in my business. But for me, when I think of hustle, again, I'm not like a huge JLo fan, but when I think of the word hustle, she is so often the image that pops in my head. Her face pops into my head because this is somebody who is, in my view, hungry right? She has not been content in her career to just be a dancer, just be an actress, just be a triple threat, just to be like singer, dancer, actress. She wasn't content to just have that. She has incredible business ventures. And I really feel like she is somebody that clearly takes care of herself, right? Clearly is supported by a team. And obviously that's a very different, the way that we're looking at a team is very different between a solopreneur and JLo. Of course, I'm not saying that we should like compare ourselves to that, but my point is, is like she is somebody to me ha that has personified the concept of always going for the next thing, always being hungry to conquer the next thing. And for me personally, I can't help but see that as a really positive, beautiful thing. If you don't want to do that, of course, that's a different story in and of itself. But I know me personally, I'm not content to just sell programs online. Once I publish the book, something else is gonna come from that. I believe so deeply in what I do and I care so much about what I do and I believe that the things that I have to say and share and the ideas that I have, they need to be out there in the world more to more and more people, but also I know that ideas are gonna keep popping up. Not to mention the things that we can do from a charitable aspect, right? And so again, I view somebody like JLo, who is somebody who is hustling her ass off, but in a really beautiful way. And so I don't know, I guess it's just a reminder for all of you that you can have the relationship with the word and the concept of hustle. You can have whatever relationship you want to have with it and you can make it mean whatever it means to you. And there's never any right or wrong. It's about you pursuing things you care about, pursuing things you want to pursue, building your wealth, building your life, but in a way that aligns with you, right? It feels supportive to you and you always get to decide what that actually means for yourself versus it being right or wrong. Okay. So 
I wrote four big takeaways that I wanted to talk to you about um, that I thought were the most relevant to you. And so the first one, and this is basically in in chronological order when it comes to uh, the documentary itself, but one of the first things that she was talking about, and I wrote down this quote, so forgive me, I might have butchered it a little bit. I typed as quickly as I could, but she said something along the lines of, uh, it it was always ingrained in my head that I wasn't a singer. My one sister's a singer. The other sister was the smart one. I was the dancer. I was the athlete. So the story that I had in my head was I wasn't smart and I couldn't sing. And she was talking about how pretty late in her career, or at least pretty late in her life, like J-Lo is 50-something at this point, and like pretty late in her, again, career slash life, was the first time where she was kind of opening up her mind to like, oh, no, wait, but I do want to sing. I can sing. I can be successful at singing. But she had carried these stories right? That she didn't even necessarily believe or agree with. She had carried these stories about who she was, what her identity was, right? For most of her life. And she had to come to a point where like she was actually able and willing to question what is actually true for her versus the stories that she has in her head. And it was just a beautiful reminder to me where, you know, identity work, feeling into who we actually are versus who we've told ourselves that we are. It's been such a big part of my growth and my healing over the past few years. And again, we look at somebody who is successful and as wealthy and as beautiful as JLo is, right? And there's something comforting about remembering that she has to go through this process as well in terms of deciding who she is or who she isn't and creating her own identity, forging her own path essentially versus again, holding on to these stories that were, that began when we were very young. And, you know, I've been talking about this with a couple of clients and a couple of friends, but even as I navigate dating, things like that, I It's been so interesting to me to watch myself anytime I might be triggered or anytime I might be struggling with something. And then then I actually sit there and I pay a little bit more attention to where that pain or where that ping of being triggered is coming from. And it was like, Because this boy did this to me when I was 16 years old, or, you know, one of the first people I was ever dating in my 20s. And like, situations I'm so far removed from, situations that I'm not emotional about, or I don't need to get back at that guy when I was, again, 16 years old. I haven't thought about that person in years. So, like, the fact that that memory can live in my body, whereas I don't even think about the actual person, it's been so interesting to me to, like, just dive deeper into that work and pay more attention to that work. And so, again, I'm just using that as another example of we're operating on a day-to-day basis and we're trying to grow our businesses and we're trying to be our happiest selves. And I think, again, so often we have these stories about who we are or the stories that have played out in our lives that have we have made mean something about us and we're letting them play themselves out in the present. And again, that's not, you're not wrong for doing that. We all do that. But again, the girl who is struggling to show up, you know, and do a live video because she's afraid that people are going to bully her because something happened to her in the third grade. That's a very real thing. That's not silly at all. And I think a lot of times when I'm talking to clients or friends, even they feel silly for even having their brain go there 
or even holding on to this old thing. And it's like, it's not you being silly. It's not you doing it logically or it's not you doing it consciously. These are very real, again, stories and memories and conditioning that are living within our body that we are kind of, we have to learn to kind of, that we have to learn to move past and we have to learn to drop or, or pay attention to so that we can drop them so that we can see the present for what it is. Right. And so again, I just, she didn't say all this obviously, but like it was the thing that I was taking away from like this idea that I'm not smart and I'm not a singer and having to have this moment where like, Oh, but none of those things need to be true. None of those things need to be true. And again, that, that subconscious belief that was hold, that she was holding onto for so long that she was able to let go of. I know we all have that within ourselves. And so I want to remind you that again, it's worth examining those stories as always, like it's always important, but also you're not alone. You are not alone for holding onto things that might not be true about yourself. The second thing is that uh, this was more of a part when they were just actually working on the halftime show itself, but uh, she started talking about how messy the creation process is. She compared it to an artist, you know, they might paint a beautiful painting, but like the artist has got like paint under their nails and on their face and it's just a big mess. It's not always pretty. And this is just something that I think is always worth reminding everybody of because I know this happens over and over again with my clients. They will have, if we're just talking about even just offers for a moment, they are thinking about, oh, I have this new offer idea. And then the moment they go to put the words on the sales page or the moment they go to articulate it, if it is not done and perfect and pretty in the next five minutes, they're frustrated or more than that, they're making themselves wrong. So few entrepreneurs, in my opinion and in my experience, are allowing this process to be messy. They're again, trying to rush everything. And like I said, they're making themselves wrong when it's not moving forward at the speed of light. And I just think this is such an important reminder for all of us because we can look at something like the halftime show, we can watch that show and see that it was beautiful and fun and exciting. And side note, I, I keep laughing that that was 2020. I'm pretty sure that we thought that was our biggest problem in February of 2020. Like everyone was pissed off about JLo and Shakira and it's like, we had no idea what was in store for us. Like, I think that's hilarious. But I really feel like we can look at that show, right? And again, enjoy it and think it was fun and beautiful and entertaining. Or even if you hated it, whatever. It was this big, it was a spectacle. It was this big, again, creative show. And it's so easy to forget in that moment that they're just, again, watching the documentary, them arguing over the size of the stage or literally having to like go crazy trying to pull 30 seconds from here. And so making sure that the show was short enough, moving things around, changing things, the blood, the sweat and the tears that go into a performance like that. And that sounds a little bit dramatic because I know it's like a fun thing. It's not life or death work here. While at the same time, I think that so many of us are just constantly in this, we're constantly on this quest for, again, the, a means to an end, right? We want the pretty picture. We want the done and perfect sales page. And then we get so impatient or so frustrated during the creative process. And I just want so many more of you. And I want it to be a reminder to myself that creating something, creating something beautiful and important and impactful, it's fucking messy. And it's supposed to be, and that's not you. You're not wrong because it's taking some, you know, tweaking and some starting over and going back into the drawing board. Like I always talk about the fact that when I am doing a program, when I'm creating a program, I'm excellent at creating programs. Like when it comes to figuring out a program, what's included, how it's going to work, I am excellent at that. 
Every single time I'm doing it, I want to throw my fucking computer out the window because I get frustrated and I get confused and I don't know what piece is going to go where and, you know, what week we should do this. It is a, it is a situation where again, it is a process and I have to move things around and I have to allow it to be birthed, if you will. And so again, I just want to remind you of that because I know so many women specifically are in such a rush and and not that they're doing it consciously, right? But I think we all feel like, but we got to do the next thing. We got to keep going. Like there's so much more to do. We got to keep trucking on. And that's a very real thing. You guys have families, life, time moves quickly. And there are a lot of things to do, but I think so often that we're just rushing the process and we're making it so much more of a miserable process for ourselves for that reason. And actually we're sacrificing so often the actual end game result, trying to rush the end game result, right? It winds up being less beautiful and wonderful and creative than we want it to be. And so even JLo, right? the creation process is messy. It's not always pretty. And I think as a creative person, as an entrepreneur, you have to accept that. You have to be accepting of that and go with the flow to an extent, right? And just accept that that's going to be part of this and not make it mean something and not get overly frustrated or overly rush the process when you're in the midst of it. The third thing is she was talking about what's next, Will anything be next? And saying how every artist lives with that fear. And I think that, you know, it was so funny. I have had one one of my private clients. I've been working with her for years now. Years now. I, I love her. She's probably my favorite client that I've ever had. Great relationship with this person. And we were talking like a month ago or so ago. And we were talking about this feeling of, okay, I had a great launch or I had a great month or I had a great year. And the feeling of, okay, well, what's next? Or am I going to be able to do it again? Was that a fluke? And so we were talking about this and I said, I don't know anybody that doesn't feel like that. And she was like, you feel like that? I'm like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Like it was, it was shocking to me to hear that like she didn't realize that I felt like that. And I was like, I've spent a lot of time with other entrepreneurs that make a lot more money than me. And I have heard them talk about the fact that like every single month they're like, oh, well, I pulled that off again. I I wonder if I can do it again. I think so many of us, I'm going to talk more about this in a second. So many of us feel like the underdog. So many of us feel like we're just, even if we're doing great, I, I know how much integrity I have, but there's still this feeling of, God, I I pulled this off on everybody again. People don't see, again, like the messiness or or whatever it is. Nobody sees them. J-Lo doesn't see herself as J-Lo queen of the universe for the most part. She still has those mental internal struggles clearly and her figuring out, is there going to be something next? Is it all over there? She was talking about how there were parts of her, you know, career, even after like having like a lot of great movies, like Selena, so on and so forth, movies that really made her career, especially after having her children, there was a moment where like at 40 years old, the scripts weren't, you know, knocking down her door. The roles weren't coming out of the woodwork. Like we would imagine for somebody like JLo, there was that real fear of my career might be over. We know how, again, I think it's easy to look at somebody in Hollywood, like they have millions and millions of dollars and all the success, but it's also a very fleeting industry. You can be gone tomorrow. You could be canceled tomorrow. Somebody could come in and take over instantly. And so there's so much fear again around being just over, not knowing if there's going to be something that comes next. I have moments like, I know they're not logical anymore, but I have moments where like, oh, the Facebook algorithm changed. It's all over now. Or what if this thing happens? I'm never going to make money again. I have those moments all the time. And again, I think there's just something comforting in hearing and remembering that it's not just us that feels that way. 
right? And we have to just constantly and consciously remember how powerful and how talented and how smart we are. Even I, just, I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I remember I was mostly calm, but I definitely had a moment where I was like, oh shit, like what if, what if this lasts more than a month? You know, we had no idea obviously what was going on. And I remember I was like, well, if that means that I have to sell things for $5 and knock on every single door, that is what I will do. And so again, I say that because it's not that there's not fear, right? It's not that there's not fear, but there's also this success and magic is about you coming back to knowing that you are again, smart, talented, wonderful, and you might not know the steps, you might not know the means for that next goal, for that next angle of success, but you also know that, again, your magic is within and you will figure it out because that's who you are. And so again, I just wanted to remind you that I think I think one of the hardest things, that the hardest parts of entrepreneurship for me has been, I've got all the balls in the air. I have to hold all the balls in the air. And that also means that I could drop all the balls and everything could fall and everything could come crumbling. I think I'm still like always waiting for that rainy day that my father would, you know, remind me of every single day of growing up. Rainy day, you know, it could come, save for a rainy day. And I feel like I'm always in that mode of this could all come crashing down tomorrow. And that's really hard. That's really scary. While also, I think we all get a rush out of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing what we are doing. It's this weird balance. But so again, I just want to remind you that it's natural and it's normal for you to really fear the fact that you have your the fate of your livelihood in your hands. That's really scary. And it's okay to not always know what's going to come next. It's okay to be in fear around what comes next. But I think it is in a weird way, looking at somebody like JLo, looking at somebody like that, if she fears that, but she's okay, we get to be, we get to be okay too. We get to be okay too. And we get to roll with the punches and we get to trust that there always is going to be something next because that's who we are, even if we don't know what is next right now. And then the fourth thing, the final thing that I wanted to share with you was she was uh, on a phone call and they were talking about reviews of the movie Hustlers and they were talking, she was reading an article, I think in uh, Vanity Fair about maybe uh, she'd be nominated for an Oscar. And as she was reading it, she was reading, somebody had written that she was just such a great performance from a criminally underrated performer. It's, it's good to see her get her dues. And she was crying as she was saying, she was like clearly like just very emotional, like even reading it, trying to like fight back tears as she was reading through that. And it felt like a really great reminder for me and therefore for you that, like I said, we all feel like the underdog. I don't think anyone's walking around literally thinking they are the queen of this industry. Everybody, everybody has their insecurities and everybody feels as though they are 10 steps down from somebody else that they have put on the pedestal. Everybody feels that way. And so not only that I want to remind you of that for yourself, but I wanted to remind you of that because hopefully that remembering can create so much more kindness and compassion when it comes to the other people, again, in this industry or, or in whatever context of your life, of course. But I think that one thing that I have said many times, and I feel like I should have said it more loudly than I have, but one thing that has killed me has been watching how, again, in the coaching industry specifically, You'll see somebody, a woman, make a lot of money 
and everybody is super envious. And in some situations, it winds up being okay to like make fun of that person or talk shit about that person. And it's always been interesting to me where I'm like, it's still mean girl behavior, even if the person that's being picked on makes a lot of money. And like something about that, some people don't feel like it's, or don't even see that it's the same thing. It's okay to say these things about this person because they're at this stage of their business. And which is, it's so ridiculous when you actually think about it, right? Because that person at the top of the industry, I'm I'm not making nearly as much money as other people and I'm not making nearly as much money as I want to, but I'm on a pedestal to somebody, right? And the concept that that person couldn't think that I feel like the underdog every single day is crazy. Of course I do, right? Of course there are massive amounts of insecurities and all these other and messiness going on for me. So again, I feel like it's easy to put somebody ahead of ourselves and then think that they wouldn't think that about themselves. But that is the case in everybody I've ever known personally when it comes to this stuff. And so again, hearing somebody like JLo just felt like, and obviously, you know, it's a documentary. It's a, it's like, meaning it's a, it's a show. It could all be for, you know, the tears could all be for show, whatever. I'm not trying to even sit there and argue that. I'm, I'm not saying everything is the most authentic thing in the entire world. But when I was sitting there watching it, it felt very authentic to see her really crying, really sincere tears of feeling like, Somebody sees me for the fact that I've been underrated and I'm finally getting my dues. And it felt like such a moment of gratitude on her end. And again, so it reminded me of this, again, beautiful woman, all the money in the world, right? The, a body we would all freaking kill for, I'm pretty sure. Seemingly, again, this perfect life, but really feel like she is still crawling and scratching her way to getting what she deserves. Uh, again, it was a reminder for me that we all feel like the underdog, maybe not every day, but we all feel like somebody, we've put somebody above us and to remind ourselves that that doesn't necessarily have to be true because we're, we're all going through the shit, right? We're all struggling with something. Nobody's better than anyone else, but also remembering that, remembering to have compassion and to just to be, have more kindness for everybody else because nobody else, in my opinion or experience, is feeling like they are on top of the world, right? They are struggling with their own shit. And I think we all just need to be more compassionate uh, and more empathetic and kinder to one another. And I know that sounds really cheesy and really fluffy, but also, so I think it's massively fucking important. And uh, I think as coaches, right, so many of us, I think the work that we do is so much more powerful and important than even we realize. And I think it's it's breeding so much more kindness and understanding of ourselves. And I think that does a lot of good for you know, our sphere of influence, everyone in our lives. I, I really do. I just think it breeds so much positivity uh, that trickles down. And so remembering again that piece around nobody's on a pedestal nobody thinks they're on a pedestal nobody's on a pedestal and just this everything's a not everything but in a lot of ways we're on an even playing field and so it, it serves you to believe that it serves you to operate believing that nobody is above you nobody's below you any of that right i hope that was helpful i want to hear your takeaways let me know what yours were if you watched it and i'll talk to you guys soon I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you took the time to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps the show a ton, and I would be super grateful. 